In 2010, I co-founded a company called Startup Grind with one goal, inspiring, educating, and connecting every entrepreneur on the planet. Today, Startup Grind is now in 125 countries and has millions of members. Along the way, I found the most powerful marketing tool of all time, customer-to-customer marketing. C2C marketing empowers your greatest ambassadors, your customers, to evangelize your brand and grow your community. This is a podcast we wish we'd had when we started building our community a decade ago. Each episode, we talk to the brightest minds and companies on the planet to learn how they build their community and empower their customers. I'm your host, Derek Anderson, and this is the C2C Podcast. And we're back. Thank you so much for joining us back at the stage. I'm really excited for this next session. Our next session brings together two totally incredible minds from the community industry. Take a seat, join us in this fireside chat, and hear about how a resilient in-person community is still finding ways to commune even in days like this. On this stage, we will have the founder of Creative Warnings, who will share how they figured out how to scale their field trips globally with over 14,000 attendees over the last three weeks. She will be joined by the co-founder and CEO of Bevy, as well as the co-founder of Startup Grind, he does a lot of things, who Startup Grind pivoted like lightning and hosted over 500 virtual events since mid-March. So please welcome to the stage, Tina Roth-Eisenberg and Derek Anderson. Well, I'm so excited to be with one of my favorite people and one of the most inspiring community people that I know, who I didn't know for a long time. I just watched what you were doing at Creative Mornings and took so much, you know, I was forwarding your emails or forwarding your programs to my team. Like, like, why are we doing this? This is so cool. And for the three people in this event today that haven't heard of Creative Mornings, tell us what it is and what problem you all solve. Hey, Derek. Thank you so much for having me. By the way, I'm really impressed by, I've been following along today. So thank you for putting this together. So the community, it's just, this is my happy place right now. <laughs> Being amongst community builders around the world, there's nothing better. So yes, uh, my name is Tina Roth-Eisenberg. I'm the founder of Creative Mornings, which is the world's largest face-to-face creative community. And you basically, the problem I try to solve is, uh, it was a very personal problem. I moved, graduated as a designer, moved to New York for what was supposed to be a three-month stay, and then ended up staying here working as a designer and, you know, making very little money and just wondering, where are my people? Where are my heart forward? I don't understand why we would always meet up in those silos of graphic designer and photographers. And I'm like, well, wait a second. We're all believing in the same sort of big umbrella of creativity. Like, why are we not meeting up? And why isn't there an event that is accessible for everyone? So long story short is like, we've now grown around the world and put on monthly events for free in the morning. It's like breakfast and a lecture, completely volunteer driven. We're in 67 countries in 215 cities around the world. You know, this has been a long and steady and a labor of love. We're turning 12 this year. So it's not an overnight success or anything. This has never, I've never started this thinking it, w- it would become global. I just ran it here in New York for about two years. And it just gave me so much joy every month seeing really kind, creative humans getting together and just making connection. Because in the end of the day, life is nothing but I mean, life is just, the quality of life is basically comes down to the human connections you make and, and the French, friendships you make. Well, the, with the tens of thousands of events that Creative Mornings and I would say Startup Grind, you know, uh, have created over the years or been a part of, 
there's probably no two people that were sort of more at the front picket lines of holding the line for in person. But you you were leading that charge. Um, so if anybody was going to cross the picket line to virtual, I would have not uh, you know seen it as you doing it so quickly and so efficiently and incredible at scale. Why have you done that and, and what's been the result of it? Well, you know me well, Derek, because I mean, I'm the founder of an in real life event series. I am such a feeler. I am all about, I'm honestly really suffering in this virtual time right now because I can feed off people's energy and their, you know, I'm a feeler. So when we started realizing that we are in for this for a while, to be honest, I'm at the top and I'm kind of resisting the going virtual. But then Creative Mornings, the beauty of Creative Mornings is that this is like a living, breathing organism. We couldn't even turn it off anymore. I'm sure you know that feeling as well. And our hosts were leading the way. Like, I must tell you, I was in tears after attending the first uh, virtual Creative Mornings, uh, which I think the first one was Austin. And that, yeah. team, that team is just incredible. They've been leading the way. That They're just so fearless. And they launched into this. And I, I admit, I attended kind of like hesitant, but like the, the Zoom breakout rooms where I had deep conversations with people in Austin and from around the world kind of really convinced me that it, when done thoughtfully and with a lot of care and still like with this love of creative mornings, when you do an online event with a lot of thought and care, it can still be very moving and touching. And uh, I walked away completely converted. And we here in New York, like for the past few weeks, my team has helped all of our chapters, the ones that are, you know, willing to move digital, we helped them to get online and we wrote our own Zoom guide. Alexa on our team has a lot of Zoom experience. Uh, we shared that publicly. And over the last month, we had 146 virtual events. If you think of it going from zero to 146, I mean, this is a heavy lift for volunteers. They're volunteers to begin with. Yeah. And it's a whole other um, beast to run a, a virtual event because we just had our first one last Friday. And I admit, I felt like I'm learning a whole new language. I mean, you know what it's like. After years of putting on uh, in real life events, you kind of get good at it. You know you know what could go wrong. You, you, you can improvise on the spot. But man, our event on Friday, as wonderful as it felt, like everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. And here we are, like learning as we go. But I tell you, the thing that comes out of it is that when done right, virtual events can fill such a huge void. And it's, it's what the world needs right now, like just feeling like you're connected to other kind humans. Yeah, we um, just to echo that and that the guide that you mentioned is incredible and everyone should go find it and download it. We have about 250 virtual events this month for Startup Grind. In February, we did one and it was in Wuhan, China. So, you know, that, you know, to just see things shift so quickly and to be so inspired by our organizers and leaders as, as you are, to just see them, you know, these are these people are on those front lines too. These are these people have been building in-person communities for decades, and now their whole sense of what's important has been totally shifted. It's it's been made illegal, basically, mm -hmm. um, and for the safety of of, of our neighbors. And um, you're a designer, and so you have this sort of design-first approach to a virtual experience. How are you thinking about adapting and enhancing? these online events, when you talk about being thoughtful about that experience, like walk us through some of the details of how you are looking and thinking about making something great virtually. So the, the thing that I really love in this exercise and my team and I have really enjoyed is like 
taking a step back and really thinking about what is the purpose of our event. It's not just a translate a translation of one-on-one what we've done before, but more of a, okay, wait a second, what is the purpose? To me, all I care about is that people feel connected to their to their local community, that they feel like they're not alone, that their hearts are being opened. Inspire inspiration with a talk, great. But in the end of the day, what I want is that people feel like they're not alone in this right now. So then we we scaled it back from there and said, what are the things we can do to make people feel connected? And I, th- I find it so interesting to see all the experiments right now of people using the different platforms. For example, for me, it is very clear that I need to see, I, I need to see the people. So for us, it's Zoom right now. I'm sure there's mm-hmm. something else might pop up at some point. But seeing people's reactions to you talking and giving the sense of community is really important for us at Creative Mornings because we're all about the community part or the breakout rooms where you can, we call it coffee line, for example. So we're trying to translate in a cute way things that, you know, now that we can pour you a coffee, we can at least put you in a coffee line, which we call the breakout rooms in Zoom. Um, so we, we've really started thinking about what works, what can we translate and what can't we translate? I feel strongly that that we actually shouldn't have talks. I'm not here to listen to a talk. The beauty of this platform, like what are the opportunities off the platform we're using? So for example, our first New York event, it was a conversation with Priya Parker, who is, by the way, the queen of gathering. If you haven't read her book, The Art of Gathering, I highly recommend it. And also listen to her podcast, uh, Together Apart, that she's doing about this time right now. The first event that we had it wasn't the normal format that we normally have. Our format normally is a long, like a 20 minute talk, but we purposely made it a conversation. So it was like, it would have like sort of this liveliness of being in a room with people. And we would, we pulled in people that had questions. So the participation of the audience made it really lively and really wonderful. And sort of, it didn't just feel like a webinar. You're sitting there at home. No, actually you, you were able to be called on and participate. So what we're trying to do right now is what, what brings the magic of a creative mornings to an online platform? And I'm pretty sure the guide that we're forming right now looks very different than what a real life event is. And I think that's what I want to appeal to everyone who's tuning in right now is don't really think long and hard. What is the purpose and what are you after and how can you best achieve that? And don't just do what you've been doing in real life because that's what you used to. Yeah, I love that advice. And look, we've all been to in-person events that were incredible, and we've been to ones that were terrible, right? And usually the difference was the thought that the organizer put into that experience, every part of it, and why shouldn't it be the same now virtually? I think that's a, it's a really great insight. I know you have this new program called Field Trips, and I was on your website recently uh, trying to join one, and I wanted to kind of just tell you how upset I was because they're basically all sold out. And I'm unable to attend. And if you just wanted to say publicly in front of a thousand people, just to see if I can get into one, um, if uh, you would allow me to, I might, know, have, it, I might have some pull you, there. You can find a way to squeeze me in. Tell us what what these are and how they came to be, and why are people dying to attend them? So field trips is like I'm so glad you're asking about this because. To me personally, I think everyone thinks that an impersonal event series is dying right now. And it's very much the opposite right now. I actually think right. we're gonna look, I'm gonna look back at this as the most pivotal moment in, in the 12 year, 12 year history of our organization, mm-hmm. in that the field clips are basically small community-led workshops offered by the community for free. And we've been prototyping this 
in New York City for the last two and a half years. And what I would ask at an event is like, we play this game, stand up if, and I say, stand up if you're really good at something. And the whole room stands up. <laughs> it doesn't matter what this, you know, pinata making, dumpling making, I, you know, I don't know, moonwalking, I don't care. And then I usually say, keep standing if you're willing to teach this to this community for two hours. <laughs> And no one sits down. And that's basically what field trips are. They're just, we're, all I care about is that our community meets each other and, and sort of helps each other. And so when we've been putting on over like 600 of these here in New York, and we've been working tirelessly trying to figure out how we can scale it globally. And the big issue we've had is venues. How do we find venues in different cities? Well, here we are, global pandemic, and we started moving them virtual very quickly. And I tell you, Derek, it is like, it's giving me so much life. I run another company and that company is really not doing well at all. So, but every morning I wake up and I think of the field trips and how many thousands of people we're connecting. And I tell you, we had, um, I think you got the number wrong in the, in the introduction, actually. We had uh, 31,000 signups. Since we started, which is like since March, the first field, virtual field trip was March 22nd. Wow. Like they all fill up. And once you once you attend one, you'll see it is warm, generous, loving, kind, grateful. It is everything I want Creative Mornings to be. And it's community teaching each other generously. Yeah, it's really, they, they sound warm. They sound generous. And I think, you know, anybody watching this is going to feel that. And Again, if you want to create a unique experience uh, and something that's memorable and something that really is impactful, which we've all felt in real life, listen to how Tina is describing this and, and the way that their organization goes about this and look at the results speak for themselves. Obviously, we've been doing and focused on community for a long time, so we get it. I think the community word is getting thrown around so much right now, which is exciting because hopefully it means it's going to lead to more investment for all these amazing community people uh, that are part of CMX into their organizations. How have you seen examples of your, your chapter volunteers, your chapter leaders, keep a sense of community strong without actually getting in person? Well, so a few examples that I have is, for example, the, the chapters have really, they have sent out new um, surveys to their communities, which I think is so beautiful. Basically, just flat out saying, what do you mm -hmm. need? What do you need in this very moment? You know, and again, all of our chapters are volunteer driven. Yeah. To me, it is just such so beautiful that they're putting this thinking cap on and let's just give them what they need. And what everyone is saying is like they need connection. They need to feel like they're connected to this community still. And so what a lot of them has, have done is a bit similar to, I think, what you're doing with the networking session, which, by the way, that chat roulette kind of thing is the best thing ever. I want that. I want that functionality so bad. So they've but done like these virtual coffee mornings, not a regular event, just getting the community in a room and then breaking them out in Zoom into little coffee chats. I think that is so beautiful, especially if you know our community has sort of like a values, a shared values based. So when you come into those chats, you just know if you're part of the Creative Mornings community, there's a there's a level of shared worldview that just makes it probably pretty probable to have a great conversation even if it's just 10 minutes or 15 minutes and that I think is beautiful and then what they've also done is like sort of helping their local communities with like let's say a shared google docs where they said hey uh sort of like this collaborative helping approach that is emerging out of our community is just really moving me you mentioned this briefly earlier and I was speaking to a very head of community at a very well-known 
uh, organization yesterday, and they mentioned this too, and that is, you know, organizers trying to transition from being an in-person community builder to now a virtual community builder. It's very difficult for some people. It's difficult for me, uh, and and I'm somebody that's generally tries to be innovative and look for new things, and it, it's it's very tough for me. And so I can imagine other people, you know, you can empathize with that. You know, how have you transitioned people? How have you ideas or suggestions of what we can do to get our in-person community leaders excited about the opportunity of this? There's clearly an incredible opportunity. As you said, this is the most exciting time ever for you. How do I inject that excitement into the life and the time of, of a volunteer who has been totally uh, in-person focused? I so feel you on all of that. Um, but I think just like me, I think I'm... I have so much empathy for everyone who kind of says, nah, I don't really want to do that because I was reluctant. But all it took for me is to experience one of the events mm. and just sensing my heart opening, sensing the connection I was able to make. And I think what I'm just trying to do is just really highlight within our community. And that's what my community team is doing, like really highlighting to everyone saying, hey, if you're skeptical, come to our community hour. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about because I've been skeptical. I'm, I can totally relate to them. And just trying, we can't force anyone. We can't, we can't enforce anyone to see the opportunity here. What we can do is just continuously share the good stories that come out of it, show the good examples, ask them to participate in one. And then also just being really understanding. I think we are in an extremely stressful time and we don't know what other people are going through. Right. So for us, if somebody just says, I'm checked out right now, I can't give this thought. That is totally okay. I think what we just need to do is like align our hearts and just be really understanding and generous with each other. And there will always be those fearless ones like, you know, our, the Austin team that just launches into this without hesitation and convinces so many of us. All we need is a few people that just see the opportunity and then show us and then just ignites the fire with, with the other ones. Yeah, we uh, in, for Startup Grind, we have our chapter leader in Spain uh, in Barcelona, Spain, who is is doing these chats on almost a daily basis, um, and it is purely out of love and out of support for the people in his community and his local community that need it. And this isn't something we ever did before. And it's it's um you know I, I think as you're what I'm hearing from you is find these sort of these champions in the community and show the success they're having. These people that are way in front and try to replicate that for people that are that are struggling with sort of figuring out how to fit in and identify in this new world. I just want to follow up. We also saying that I am mourning the loss of our in, in real life events. I'm yeah. mourning them. That's my job, but I am so trying to, as we call it at our HQ to flip it and really seeing the opportunities mm. here. And I think it's just a slight shift in mindset. Like it is okay to be sad about what we've lost right now. And we don't know when it's coming back. But when I look at the feedback we're getting from all of these events going virtual, and granted, they are not the same. You can't compare them to what the old thing was. But by slowly but surely integrating new elements that are playful and joyful and just different and adapted to the, the platform right now, and the feedback we're getting, I'm just holding my... We have an Ego Boost channel at Slack, in Slack, on uh, our HQ Slack, where we put in the feedback we're getting. And I'm holding on to that because the there's also so much positivity coming out of it. There's people who have never been able to attend an event because of, I don't know, 
you know, time constraints or, or physical, because they, they're, you know, they are disabled or whatever. There's so much accessibility that comes out of this or me being able to attend creative mornings events around the world now, like my Fridays are basically a trip around the world at this point. We really need to hold on to the beautiful, you know, weird things that come out of this and, and, and hold on to the thought of what is the opportunity here and not just constantly focusing on what have we lost and what can we not do? Yeah. I mean, for the first full live stream or, you know, video, you know, virtual event that we did was in early 2012 and literally like dozens of people watched. I mean, it it was so disheartening because it cost so much. It took so much. And again, we probably weren't thoughtful about the experience, but it wasn't, 200x worse than what you're getting today. And so it's been really invigorating in a time where, I mean, you, you said it well, where we are mourning, some of us, the loss of what we had in person. And look, lots of smart people. And look, who I was like, when Disneyland opens, what's it going to be like on the first day? Like, it's going to be crazy. I mean, people are yeah. craving what we have. And we're going to hopefully get back to, you know, to, to some sense of at least... I think Creative Mornings or orgs like Startup Grind that have focused on local in-person smaller groups and events, those those things are going to be coming back, you know, sooner than later. And maybe the bigger things, tougher to see uh, what happens there. But it's just really inspiring to see you and your entire organization really leading the community industry uh, yet again on how to make this transition and how to how to be successful with it. My last question for you is around sponsorship. Many communities like Creative Morning and Grind are getting hit financially because of the crisis. Business models completely upended. Uh, we could probably spend an hour talking about this, but I just want to know, do you see new opportunities for sponsorship, for revenue generation inside of a virtual that maybe didn't exist before? Yes. Well, I can't give you an exact answer to that. No. I just feel what I'm sensing, and this is so funny, again, like I have, you know, I've, I've run partnerships with really large companies for over 10 years now. So sort of my, my network of people that know, you know, how our business model is partnerships, basically global partnerships. And so I've had a few people that have made these happen in the past or, you know, reach out to me and say, I hope you're realizing that you are in an incredible moment of opportunity here. Do not think that you are actually in a weak hmm. place right hmm. now. Because Companies more than ever need to find ways and new ways to connect to, you know, like-minded, um, let's say creatives in our case, our angle is creativity. And it was a, a reframe that I needed to hear because I, if I'm, if I'm honest, I was a bit fear-based first in the very beginning because I was like, what is going to happen? Can we still deliver what we, what we promised our partners? But then what is happening is that actually our numbers are skyrocketing. We have more participants now than we've ever had. Like we're almost a 2X of like the exposure well, that we can give up. So, I mean, who would have thought that actually, <laughs> and the crazy thing is now we have these really legit big companies reach out to us and say like, hey, is there room to partner? So I feel like what once again, it's like, just be open to what is happening. Nobody knows what's happening right now. And again, I'm just every day I'm getting up and I'm trying to go choose a place of love instead of fear. Like I want, I don't want to give in to fear and, and just, I don't want the unknown to scare me. And uh, if this is teaching me something is that there is real opportunity in a moment of crisis like this. And what people want is people want community, people want connection, and we will find a way to make this happen digitally for the time being. 
Well, that optimism is infectious and I appreciate you sharing that. And I know this has not been all optimistic for you and or any of us, but I've learned so much today as I have many, many other times from you. So thank you for generously giving your time to us. And hopefully I can also do the Friday tour of Creative Mornings if I can get into some of the sessions. I'm going to just remind you yeah. of that, that they are totally sold out. And this is very frustrating to me. And now everyone <laughs> in the community world knows. Uh, so if you would don't let them in, I just need to get in. That's all that matters. So uh, thank you for making that happen. Thanks, thanks for having me. And we'll make sure you get in. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, please leave a review wherever you listen to this. If you'd like to see more about how to create your own event community, go to bevylabs.com slash pod. That's B-E-V-Y-L-A-B-S dot com slash pod.